Okay, kids, it's time for another episode of the Field by Weird podcast, the only podcast where the first day of fall calls for a celebration. I'm Chris Daly, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with writer Alan Dunford. Alan, how's it going, man? Hey, everything is great. How are you today? I'm doing good. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah. And hey, really, thank you so much again. Uh, you guys have been such big supporters already of all the dumb stuff that we're doing. <laughs> and uh, and I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Hey, man. Yeah, we're just out here to get the word out about indie comics because, you know, a lot of the indie comics, in my opinion, are better than some of the stuff the big two are putting out. So we need to get the word out so everybody knows. Well, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, you know, like you had mentioned before we started recording, you know, you and I are meeting for the first time. And usually when I do that, I like to ask an icebreaker question to kind of get to know each other a little bit better. So today's question, if we're celebrating something that happened to you this month, what are we celebrating? Um, I just got accepted into a PhD program. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna be you're gonna be a busy guy yeah i'm I'm gonna be well i mean I, I like to hope that i'm not but you know yeah i mean like i'm gonna be busy okay <laughs> <laughs> i mean not that you're not already but you're gonna yeah be yeah busy. but yeah it's gonna be a um a doctorate in health education and promotion so oh, nice uh, yeah so kind of in case the uh you know in case the comic book thing doesn't work out i guess i'll need a day job right <laughs> that's fair enough <laughs> and i'd say for me it's my birthday next week so that's what i'll be celebrating <laughs> no it's your birth month true Good yes so we're gonna celebrate you chris all month <laughs> there you go that's even better my wife my wife likes to do the same thing for herself so why not you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right so you know with the concept of feel by weird Basically, it's talking about all the things that you're into, whether they're typically nerdy or not, just kind of the things that make you who you are. So what are some of the things that feel you're weird? Um, so one of my, I guess, I don't even know if you consider this a guilty pleasure, uh, but I obviously I am a big fan of, of horror movies, uh, th things like that. But I love movies that are so bad, they're good. And, and I'm not talking like, <laughs> you know like transporter three right. right i'm talking like stuff that was made with so much love and passion but it just didn't go the way that the writer director producer star of the movie didn't anticipate it to go like yeah. um you know not too long ago uh me and my co-writer will we went up to north carolina to watch a premiere of a neil breen film uh called Cade the tortured crossing and it was just with a bunch of people like us and it was probably one of the, <laughs> the best experiences that i've ever had that's awesome um what kind of other stuff are you into um okay obviously aside from uh i i guess just reading writing things like that um i really love just chilling out and playing video games as well Right. Uh, yeah, I, I've put a embarrassing amount of time into Baldur's Gate 3 already. Okay. And it has been so enjoyable. <laughs> hey. What, well, uh, I, what con uh, console do you play on? Um, so I have a PS5 and a PC. Uh, the PS5 is held hostage in the living room. So I'm mainly confined to my play or to my uh my PC, PS5 living room. Yeah. Yep. I can definitely relate my ex yeah. <laughs> in the living room too. So if I, I'll try to like switch over to the switch or I'll stay up super late so I can get mm -hmm. a couple hours of Xbox in. So yeah. Totally yeah. Yeah. I just purchased Mortal Kombat one. Um, and oh, I, nice. 
I did it on my PS5 though. So uh, ah. I'll let you know how it is in about two years. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. That first DLC pack. Oh my God. Um, I'm a huge uh, sucker for Mortal Kombat anyway. Yeah, like, that's too. like, that's my childhood. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was, that was one of the first games I can remember uh, playing and being like, this is incredible. And I'm not good at Mortal Kombat at all. Oh yeah. But neither. I just, it's, it, the story is so, and I think that, you know, everything kind of comes full circle, right? The story is so bad and crazy that it's good. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's, again, you know, it's just crazy to think about stuff that way. But, yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way, you know, growing up. I didn't play a lot of video games just because we didn't have a console until I was a little bit older. But, you know, we'd go to the store where um, they used to have the arcade set up in the grocery store. Mm-hmm. So my dad and I, you know, either going in or coming out before we left, either before we started or before we left, we'd pop a couple quarters into Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat or something like that. And the two of us would just play. And that was kind of my first introduction. So, yeah, games like Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, they kind of definitely hold a a near and dear place to me as well. So I get it. Yeah, there was a uh, there was an arcade. Uh, I'm from I'm from West Virginia. And we never really had a lot of arcades where I grew up. We had one. It was called Aladdin's Castle in the mall. Um, malls, if you guys remember those things, was, oh, yeah. a, gi- was a giant building mm-hmm. where a bunch of shops were together, but it was all inside. It was the weirdest concept. <laughs> um, kid, kids nowadays yeah, just don't understand that. <laughs> so, yeah, we had an Aladdin's Castle in there. And I, God, I love that so much. But yeah, of course, it's it's no longer there anymore. Right. It was it was there even pre-pandemic where it was gone pre-pandemic so yeah rip a real one yeah and that's yeah. you said you're from west virginia yes that's cool my some of my favorite podcasters are actually from there i think one of them still lives there but they're oh, who from huntington oh okay awesome yeah i'm uh i live in beckley so i'm about two hours from huntington nice um yeah. i don't know if you've heard of the podcast my brother my brother and me no i haven't but uh those are three brothers that do a weekly podcast where they give advice um it's not real good advice but it's it's funny um and they're actually from huntington one of them still lives in huntington but the other two have moved away but that's anytime i hear anybody from west virginia i just have to bring it up it never it never has made the connection yet but one of these times that it's bound to i'm sure yeah no that's that's (laughs) awesome though but yeah it's a you know it's a small world i guess for sure All right. So, you know, I mentioned before you're a comic book writer and I was doing my research last night and you've written all different types of comics for all different types of people. So let's kind of rewind a little bit. What was it originally that got you into wanting to be a writer in the first place? Um, I I love answering this question because it's the it's such like an (laughs) anticlimactic, you know, answer because I've been on podcasts and um you know, kind of like the uh, the free talk forum stuff where there's like, you know, three creators on there and we're all like talking about ourselves, pitching, whatever. And, uh, you know, you'll, you'll always have someone on there that's, you know, I wrote this book because I was at a, I was at a low point in my life, or I wrote this book because I always wanted to be a writer. I've always loved comics and, you know, and then they're like, Alan, what about you? Okay. Well, so picture it, United States, 2020. <laughs> uh this this little thing happens and it kind of shuts the world down for a little bit. And uh I just called up my my buddy Will, who I've been really good friends with him since high school. And I said, Hey man, are you bored? He said, Yeah. And I said, Okay, well, I think I have an idea for a comic book. And then that's it. 
oh, and wow. then that's that's actually what started pocus hocus so it was something for us to do just to try to stay sane through everything that was going on that's fair so you've only been writing for since 2020 yes oh wow okay and you've i'm going off character a little bit for only being a writer for the last few years you're incredible I oh say, hey thank you so much i appreciate that so good um <laughs> i was able i was able to get i haven't been able to get through all of it yet but i yeah got through most of hocus or pocus hocus mm-hmm. dude yeah god don't screw it up <laughs> <Come on>. <laughs> <laughs> well hey i appreciate that thank you so much man yeah um yeah. it's it's been a journey because originally we intended pocus hocus to only be four issues um and again it was something we were like yeah we'll we'll just kickstart this thing uh, a good friend of ours, Mike Teener, who is yeah. the editor-in-chief over at Bad Bug, uh, he's from the same town we are. You know, Mike lives five minutes from me, too. And uh, I've always played music with Mike. And I guess, I don't know if it was just like uh, kind of following his lead a little bit, but he gave us all the advice we needed just to kind of make sure if we were going to do something that we did it right, to an extent anyway. Sure. And yeah, so we, we didn't have any expectations for Pocus. Um we got so lucky with Brian Belondo's talent and Jason Smith's collaring and Dave Lentz's lettering um, that we, like I said, we were like, okay, let's just tell this, this little fun story about this guy who sells a soul. I mean, and, and we're, we're realists. We, we know that the story that we're telling is one of the oldest stories ever told, right? There, there's right. even a song about it, about a guy going to Georgia to do the exact same thing. Yep. So we, we weren't trying to reinvent the wheel. We were just trying to tell something fun that that we wanted to do and you know we we launched issue one on kickstarter it did okay and we were we were even surprised making more than five bucks honestly and it and once we got to the second campaign we had such a huge jump that it was like oh my gosh what what happened and who poisoned these people or held them hostage to make them (laughs) back this thing so it was at that point that Will and I sat down and we were like, okay, we might have something here. So we need to really figure out what we want to do with this. If it's going to still be good to the story, because we never want to seem like anything's forced because then I think once you get to that point, that's when you can really lose any audience that you gained. So we want to make sure still the story was flowing and everything. And yeah, as of right now, we, we don't have any plans to really in focus, you know, we're, uh, we launched issue five's campaign uh, earlier this year and we're working on the next arc, which will end this arc at issue eight. And then, uh, but yeah, so just from Pocus spawned all these other crazy ideas that we've had, you know, with, with grandma chainsaw. And then uh, our most recent campaign was horse and hell, which was a spinoff series of Pocus Hocus that involved the origin character of his rabbit. And by the way, I got to say this. Okay. I'm picking a bone with everybody right okay. now. Horace was the character that we spent the least amount of time on. <laughs> and we just threw it in there because we thought it was cute to yeah. have a pink demonic rabbit. Yeah. And that's the one that exploded. <laughs> <laughs> so to everyone listening, I'm so happy and mad at you at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, I remember when that Kickstarter launched off for that. It it launched crazy. Yeah, we didn't expect it to do that well. We we were like, well, you know, is it? Because here's the thing: like, once you get into this a little, like, for a little bit amount of time, you you, you realize, like, you know, you have people ask you for stuff. It's like, oh, okay, cool. But then, like, 
um, it doesn't do well. Like, cause maybe that's yeah. a, you know, it's a vocal minority, right? They're like, Hey, we'd love sure. this. And then you think, Oh, okay, cool. Well, maybe we'll try that. Maybe everyone will love it, but that's, it's not really the case a lot of the time. Um, but for, for Horace, Oh my God. And it got, we found people who never heard of us before, which is awesome. Yeah. And it's just opened up just a brand new audience for us too. And that was, I think that was the most surreal thing as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for me, I know, you know, with the main cover that I saw for it, it reminded me a lot of Scotty Young and I'm mm-hmm. a big Scotty Young fan. So that kind of there, that was a selling point for me just because, yeah. like, oh man, this is very Scotty Youngish. I think I'm definitely going to enjoy the heck out of this book, which I haven't quite got to it yet because my two read stack is so big, but I, oh, everyone's I'm going to get to stack. it for sure. Yeah, it's to the, it's to the ceiling. Uh, yeah. But no, dude, Horace was, Horace was a lot of fun and we were so happy with it. And then, I think the the biggest thing we you know with Pocus Focus being our first series, we we never wanted to take ourselves too serious. And I, I think the big thing over with with everyone on the team is we always stay humble and appreciative of everything that we're doing. Yeah. And it was crazy to us that uh, Pocus actually got picked up um, by a publisher for distribution. And I think that that was the moment when we were like, oh crap, okay. <laughs> I guess I guess I guess we need to uh make sure that everything is uh a lot tighter knit than normal because you know I I, I wouldn't go back and change anything but it, it's still your first comic and I look back at it and it's like man we could have done this here we could have done this here you know uh but yeah it's it it's just it's crazy just to think that October 25th is our launch day or is the uh, national release date for Pocus One. And it's just kind of crazy to think to we'll, we'll see that on our LCSs, you know? Yeah, it's so cool. I'm so excited for you guys. Yeah, we appreciate it, man. Yeah, it's it's surreal. <laughs> it's what yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. And, you know, going back to, to Mike, you know, Mike's an incredible guy. Mm-hmm. I think he's super talented. The fact that he's been able to collect all of these different creators and put out some incredible books is just mm-hmm. is is no easy feat and it's awesome he's able to do that and i think once he listens to this he's going to be so mad that we're saying such nice things about him oh <laughs> listen i hate it. he can hear it from now because like he he's fueled by narcissism sure. so like sure. i'm probably going to walk outside to leave and then i'm just going to see him floating in the air like vecna <laughs> because of all these like great things we're saying like yeah. the sky's going to it's going to be a blood red moon and everything already I'm like oh god someone said something nice about mike again <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's you have to make sure you kind of put a lid on it so he doesn't go too high yeah i know i know all right we're done talking about mike he sucks all right <laughs> all right so you know with all of these cool ideas with all these awesome stories where where do the the ideas come from um so i'm a home health rep for my day job which it's kind of like a pharmaceutical rep uh, except I work the home health side of it. So okay. I have to drive uh, through uh, certain territories through West Virginia, and I have to meet up with uh, with doctor's offices, nursing homes, hospitals, talk to their case managers, and uh, any referral that they send to us, I need to follow up, meet with the patient, stuff like that. All right, and if you're still awake, so this is where the ideas come from. Okay. Um, so that was a long-winded way of me saying that um, I have a lot of drive time. So sure. I get I get a lot of windshield time, and um, – you know, you, you kind of go on autopilot after you drive the same route so much. And I just, I guess I just think about this stuff because then I'll, I'll get an idea 
I was like, oh, okay. Well, luckily for me, I have a good memory. I like to think anyway, at least when it comes to this stuff. Um, right. you know, I couldn't tell you what I had for breakfast two days ago, but I could tell you an idea that I didn't write down, <laughs> which <laughs> I, I probably need, do need to start writing all of them down. But yeah, no, so I'll just drive and then I'll write them down and then uh, I'll talk it over with the team. And I was like, is this possible or is this too stupid? And uh, they're like, no, it works. It's great. And I'm like, okay, cool. You guys got to tell me no at some point or else it's just going to just turn into a mess. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, some of those, some of those stupid ideas or quote unquote stupid mm -hmm. ideas, those are the best ones. And you know, yeah. I've said this on other shows where sometimes the people will take those dumb ideas and they'll try to be like, you know, that's that's too wild, that's too crazy, that's too out there. But usually, those are the ones that end up being the best ones. Yeah, that I think that's how we felt with Grandma Chainsaw because I always wanted to make a slasher, and you know, I love I love B horror movies. Um, and this one just kind of really checked off all the boxes for me. And it's, you know, the, I guess the short version of it is it's, it's about a grandma that you'll never guess has a chainsaw and she kills people. <laughs> right. So it's, it's one of those, it kind of does what it says on the label, Yeah. but, um, you know, as you get into the, the story, it's, it's a lot more than that because we want the pitch to really kind of undersell the book because there's so many crazy twists and turns and the ending is uh it's pretty wild and it's one of those I, i'm just so excited for people to read it this is our first uh i guess grandma chainsaw will be our first completed series because we we just wrapped i'll be getting ironically i'm finally getting the books today to ship out for grandma two uh and we're working on grandma three now and it's going to end with issue four so it's just, I don't know, it's kind of, it's, it's so bittersweet because we all love the character so much uh, over here at the team. And, but we, we don't want a uh, Jason goes to Manhattan situation, uh -huh. right? <laughs> where, sure. where we overstay our welcome. So we want to make sure that we just deliver a fun, impactful story. And then we can just go about our day and then, you know, focus on something crazy uh, that might top it one day. Who knows? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I talked to, Scott Wilkie a couple weeks ago, mm -hmm. maybe it was last week. I can't remember. It was last he, week. I love, yeah. Scott's awesome. Yeah. He, he was great. And we yeah. were talking about how, you know, he came up with the idea for serial killer and he's like, it was just this completely crazy idea that I wasn't sure if it was going to work or not, but mm -hmm. I'm like, dude, I'm so glad you went with it. Cause I mean, it's, it's an incredible idea. And just like I mentioned with you, sometimes the weirdest ideas are like the best ideas. Like I was reading a book by Felicia day where she was talking about creativity and she was talking about something about, you know, a dinosaur in a tuxedo. And mm -hmm. I'm like, that's such a stupid idea. Then I'm like, wait a minute. You could kind of spin that as like a James Bond, but replace the person with a dinosaur. Right. So you've got double O dino. And I'm like, yeah, first of all, TM, because <laughs> that's an incredible idea that I'm going to totally try and run with somewhere. But it's well, like, 100%. Some, yeah. So it's like, sometimes you got to just the weird ideas that come in, you just got to kind of just go with mm -hmm. them. So if you let them go, you mean, you never know what you could be getting rid of. 100%. Yeah. And that was, again, I, I think that's, that's kind of where, where we are. Cause we, we have a lot of stuff on the back burner yeah. right now and you can only move so fast and it, we like using a lot of the same people. So, you know, the insanely talented Kit Wallace who does our horse books, you know, he and I are, we're, we're trying to cook up some stuff together right now. Uh, I got Brian about three books deep right now. <laughs> nice. It's just, yeah, we're, we're all just having, having so much fun making this. And, and I think that that's the most important thing to us is that we're all having a blast and we're not trying to, um, I guess, I, I think I said it earlier, you know, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. We just want to write the books for, I 
you know, not to plug your show, but for all the weirdos out there, right? Yeah. So we, we just want to make sure that if you pick up a book by us, that it's going to be so fun and unexpected. Those are the best kind. Yep. Absolutely. And, you know, we definitely need to shout out, you know, Brian and Kit and Dave, because yep. those guys together are incredible. Yeah, they're they're monsters, man. And they're yeah. they're better than we deserve. <laughs> yeah. I, I tell them that all the time. I'm like, I, I don't know why you guys are still hanging around with with me, but I appreciate <laughs> it so much. Yeah, the, the guys in the unrivaled professionalism uh, on all ends from these guys. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. The unsung heroes. Yes, 100 <laughs> percent. And, you know, I, I always have to give just a, a huge shout out, though, to you know, obviously to Brian for, for sticking with our first comic series um, and seeing Pocus all the way through and, you know, wanting to keep keep going with us. And a huge shout out to Kit because we didn't know anyone uh, whenever we first started. And Kit was kind enough to give us a variant cover for issue oh, one. Cool. And then that's kind of what started mine and Kit's friendship. And every book I've done, I've, I will always make sure I have a Kit Wallace cover just because you know the it's it's kind of one of those things like you don't forget it right the kindness that he yeah. showed to me uh it's just you know it, it, i can't thank him enough yeah no i i definitely yeah. understand that you know someone who does you a kindness you definitely want to return the favor and somehow mm-hmm. um you know like the logos even for my show were done by my good friend mike belcher who mm-hmm. writes the comic series writes and draws the comic series man in the mask and it's a really cool kickback to like the older school hero um he kind of just made up the logo for me just just for just because he's just that nice of a person and so i yeah. always definitely want to try to pay that back where you know you want to always try to pay it forward when someone does you a kindness like that so that's very cool that that you're including him with that yeah 100 percent. And, and you know obviously the same goes for brian like whenever we did horse and hell um you know this this whole series wouldn't have been possible without brian um so i want to make sure i at least got a variant cover and one of brian involved and, you know, obviously we always want to make sure we give credit where credit's due, because even on the credits pages, you know, the based on character designs by Brian Belondo, you know, yeah. and it's just, it's just little, little simple stuff like that. It's always let the guys know like, Hey, you know, this has always been a team effort. It's, yeah. it's, you know, it's not an, it's not a me thing is it's, it's an us thing. Yeah, definitely. goes a long way for sure. A hundred percent, dude. All right. So kind of circling back to Pocus, you know, um, mm-hmm. like you had mentioned, you know, the story idea has been done a bunch of times. You know, I even mentioned in my review where, you know, even the Simpsons, Homer sold this yep. sold his for a dollar <laughs> or sold his for a donut. Um, and it's it's been done a lot of different times, but you guys managed to do it in a different way that I thought was really interesting because Pocus didn't. And I guess we're kind of spoiling it a little bit, but I oh, guess yeah, it's really. Yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those things where. There, there's only so much that we can say about it, right? Yeah. You know, it's even from issue one, you, you kind of already have an inkling that you know, okay, we're going to hell. Like we're yeah. we're gonna get we're gonna get this thing back. Yeah. So yeah, we can we can go in. Yeah. So basically it starts off with Pocus selling his soul in exchange for being able to do actual magic. And you know, most times you hear, you know, it's just like a straight across trade, just mm-hmm. one for one. But really, what made it interesting to me is the fact that Pocus did it for a specific reason, and that was to impress his father. So without kind of going too much into it, you know, and for those who still haven't heard of Pocus Hocus, because I'm sure there are some out there that haven't, can we, let's go a little bit into what Pocus Hocus is all about. Yeah, so Pocus Hocus, uh, at its core, 
is the journey of a magician who sells a soul to a demon to have actual magical powers. And as these things go, it doesn't go in his favor. So it's his whole journey, uh, you know, through this world and the next to try to get his soul back. And it's just kind of a hodgepodge of, you know, all these other crazy characters and scenarios that he, he meets along the way. And um, by him doing this, it doesn't affect just him, but it affects the people around him. Yeah. So we wanted to really try to bring that in. And uh, I promise you guys, the story is funnier than we're making it out to be. <laughs> so, yeah, because it sounds it sounds kind of like a real downer right now yeah but we, we really tried to to make it lighthearted and, and fun even with this looming threat over top yes, of everything. absolutely yeah you definitely yeah. guys blend you know the the sense of danger and and a little bit of horror in there definitely mixed with the comedy very well yeah um and i, I guess to kind of go into it just a little bit too um you know what we were talking about is an issue two uh, Pocus, we, we finally get to really meet his assistant, Emily, mm -hmm. and she gets drawn into this thing because she's she was there to help Pocus do something, and then she finds out about it. Yeah. So now she's involved, and it's just one of those things where, you know, it's kind of – I always like that. Like the past came back to haunt him, and, um, and everything was kind of all for naught, so he just wants to get his soul back. So we it, again, we we think it's just a, a fun and you know I use this word loosely, but it's it's kind of a whimsical journey that, yeah. that we get to take, and it's just I don't know we, we just we God we just have so much fun doing it, and one of the biggest decisions that we made early on was uh, coloring for this thing. It's how do we want to do it? So I think we took a lot of inspiration from uh, the Corpse Bride Tim Burton movie, okay. where the our world Earth is is kind of dull. It's in black and white, but anytime anything magic happens, it's you see this bright burst of color. Okay. So we we wanted to really show that, and then once we actually go to hell, that's when we have our full color because everything there is magic, everything's evil, you know. And yeah. we we just want to try to separate the book a little bit that way too, and and give it uh, just I guess another visual aesthetic for you to kind of sink your teeth into. Yeah, I mean, and that kind of answers one of the questions I was just lining up was, mm -hmm. you know, when you came up with the idea for uh, for Horace, mm -hmm. how did you decide on, you know, the bright pink? And you just, you just, yeah, he's, yeah he's, he's a demonic rabbit from hell, you know, so yeah. he gets, he, he gets a collar palette. That, and that, <laughs> and that totally works. Yeah. Um, the other main question I had was, you know, like I mentioned before, Pocus has the ulterior motive to not just do a straight one for one trade. Mm -hmm. He actually did it for a specific reason, you know, to, to get the actual magic so he can impress his father. Mm -hmm. We're not going to say whether that worked out or not, but um, what was the idea behind, you know, giving him the ulterior motive to do that? Like what, what brought, what am I trying to say? What brought about the reason where he was actually doing the trade for a specific purpose? Was that just, just because, or was there like some kind of, inspiration for that specifically yeah i'm a i'm a huge fan of show don't tell and i i got i you know and this is also lumping kit into this but I'm, I'm very lucky with the people that i work with because they understand that aspect and the idea whenever we go into making a book um especially whenever we write our scripts out is can you understand what's going on on the page without any dialogue and we'd like to think that we captured some of that. 
um, because there's a scene in it where Pocus tells the demon after he sells his soul, the, the demon says, you know, not that it's any of my business, but but why are you doing this? And um, Pocus says, I'm going to press my father. And then the demon was like, oh, wait, you're going to press your dad. He's like, I think there's like other ways to do this. Yeah. Right. And then that's when we have we didn't realize we did this at the time, but it's a flashback within a flashback. So <laughs> that's where we just have the one page of just a one interaction of Pocus and his father, Richard. And that was all you needed to to really drive that home and you know pocus just looks at the demon and says yes and the demon's like oh all right have a good day (laughs) you know and he just he just leaves and i i think it was one of those things where from where pocus's father was the you know the world's most famous magician and all this stuff and had such huge accolades i i think that pocus felt that that was the only thing he could do to actually be like ha i i told you so so try to take the shortcuts to do it. Yeah. I yep. mean, it's kind of like a, it's, I mean, first of all, it's interesting based on the fact that you don't hear very often where, you know, in a story where the character trades their soul to the devil or, you know, another demonic creature or whatever, you don't ever hear the creature like, Hey, why'd you decide to give me your soul? Like I mean, yep. that, that alone makes it interesting enough for me um, because you don't hear that very often. Like usually it's like straight across, like, I don't care why I just want to have mm-hmm. it. But yeah, this one and, made it yeah. a little bit more personal because of the fact that, you know, he's like, you know, can I just ask you why? And the flip side of that, you know, the fact that you could tell that Pocus isn't, it wasn't really something he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. It almost felt like a desperation. Like he's tr- like, you don't realize I've tried everything else to impress. Yeah. Like that, and nothing <laughs> this is, is it. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm going to get to dress like, this is like last resort, like mm-hmm. the hail Mary, if you will, like if yeah. I do it this way, like, what is i mean what else is there can i do yep and again that was something that we also wanted to drive weight with with the decision again um because it almost kind of seemed like pocus didn't do it for himself he did it for someone else absolutely and we we really wanted to we want you to we want you to care about the characters that we're writing even if you even if you hate them yeah. like at least you still care enough to hate him and we think that that was important for us just to give him at least that much more depth because we we do want our characters to be as three-dimensional as possible and you know people were asking about horace's origin because you know he's the character we spent the least amount of time on why wouldn't they so then that's when we decided hey let's go and just do a whole backstory for horace let's just have fun with it so now it adds weight and it helps us also develop these characters because you know, we may have written something in Horace and Hell that we didn't think before, and we can use it for a later issue just as a callback. So it's just, I don't know, it's just, it's kind of cool to see how, um, you know, art also inspires as well. Yeah, definitely. All right, so, you know, I can't have an interview with you without talking about the big announcement that was made recently, where you've partnered with the Geek Collective as the lead writer. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, so Joey Galvez, he is over at Geek Collective. Mm-hmm. What he's trying to do there, man, is he's just trying to get a community together of of people, content creators, just and especially people that he he likes and respects. And Joey's been involved with us since, uh, gosh, I think it was Pocus Four. I think was when he he hopped on because that was whenever we did the uh, it was focus three or four God I can't uh, four 
I'm, I'm saying it now it's canon four okay okay so yeah. yeah um and he's just been he's been so great just just helping us get the word out building our kickstarter campaigns and um you know i i, I think joey might see something there with some of the crap that we're putting out and uh yeah he just asked you know he's like hey when this thing gets ready to take off do you want to help with with edits guidance however you need to and i said yeah man definitely and then yeah then he offered me that and i said yeah sure It'd, at least i could do for everything that you've done for me yeah, definitely. And Joey's a great guy. He reaches mm -hmm. out. I mean, we work a lot with him, you know, Geek Network and him work together. We help put out stuff. You know, he mm -hmm. even helped, you know, hey, hey, Alan's coming on. He wants, you know, to put out promotion for Pocus going to local comic shop. So can we help him out? I'm like, absolutely. We can help him out. Yeah. So, well, thank yeah, you. Yeah. Very cool guy. And glad to glad everything's going well over there. That's a really cool thing that they're making. And I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. I am too. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, Joey's always working on stuff and, uh, yeah. right now I think he's got like six campaigns he's working on he's trying to promote those. Yes. Uh, so yeah. I'm just curious to see what all we're going to be doing here coming up in the future. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I definitely probably means we're going to work together again. So I'm excited for that. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. All right. So, you know, like you mentioned, you know, we've got Pocus coming out to comic book shop soon you know, you're getting ready to start fulfillment on grandma chainsaw too. Mm -hmm. What's, what's next after these for you guys? Um, so uh, again, the, the crazy ideas are, are kind of always there. So we're going to be working on a course, you know, horse to the script for that's done Uh script for grandma three. Obviously we're working on that. It's already done. And then we're going to do grandma four, wrap that up. We, we really wanted to do pocus six earlier than what we did, but we needed to kind of let the the release breathe, right? We we needed to let the book be in shops because one through four is coming out in shops. So we wanted that to breathe instead of mixed messaging, right? It's like you yeah. can either buy it in shops or you can just buy it on our Kickstarter, right? So we we just wanted just to let the, let the shops take over for a little bit on that end and we can kind of just set back and then maybe even recalibrate a little bit. But then after that, we're we're working on a story right now uh, it's called Deacon Dan's Famous Chili, and it's about a church deacon who uh, wins the church chili cook-off every year, and, but he has a secret ingredient. So think uh, Sweeney Todd meets Dexter. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're working on that. We have a uh, we got a one-shot that uh, I've already started the script for called Beneath the Lighthouse, and it's just, uh, yeah, we just kind of have, I don't know, we, we're, we're just trying to not slow down, I guess is where right. we're at. Yeah. And that's awesome that you're keeping the weird ideas coming because yep. like I said, those sometimes end up being the best ideas. So, you know, as long as you let the J Jonah Jameson in your head, yeah. get him out. <laughs> um, yeah. Those weird ideas. I can't speak enough about how awesome when people just take the weirdest idea they can think of and like, yeah, yep. run with this. Yep. So many people are so afraid to just take those and run with them. So I'm mm -hmm. glad that there's people that are like, What's the weirdest shit I can think of? Oh, this awesome. Yes. Go. <laughs> uh, and that's the thing, right? We we don't want to ever stifle our limitations with anything. For sure. So we're we're always we're always making making it weird. <laughs> hey, that's awesome. Like you know, like you mentioned before, we're all about weird here. So mm -hmm. that works for me. Yep. Right on. All right. Well, um, let's go ahead and wrap things up. You know, if you had some advice for up and coming creators, what's some advice that you would offer? Um stick to the story that you want to do. Um, obviously, you know, be receptive to ideas. Um, always have wiggle room, but 
the story that you wanted to do got you here in the first place. So don't don't ever deviate from that. And again, and it's it's a twofold question, but the the thing that I've learned the most and the thing that I'm grateful for uh, are the people that I've surrounded myself with who know more than me. And I'm always, even still now, I'm asking for approval on what they thought about the script, what they thought about this, that, that, because yeah, you know, I, I'm still going to stick to the, to the core idea, the core principle, but I'm always going to be flexible in my wiggle room because if there's someone that I respect is telling me something different that they're seeing, I, I would be doing myself a disservice to not listen. So always make sure that, you know, you, you at least have someone in your corner that is, yeah, it's, it, mine is it's it's Dave Lentz. Like he is, he's just been doing this for so long, and unfortunately for him, I respect his decisions. <laughs> <laughs> so like I'll send him stuff, and uh, he'll read the scripts. I'm like yeah, it's good, it's great, and then we'll get in there. Once we actually start lettering, it doesn't work. You know, we we look at it like, well, that's stupid. Why did we put that there? So then we'll go back in and we'll completely edit certain lines of dialogue to fit with the artwork and stuff. And again, I think that's where the flexibility comes into play. So always, it, I guess, have an objective eye as well. Fair enough. Yep. That's great advice. And, you know, it's definitely helpful having someone in your corner because, you know, I've said this a million times, creating by yourself is very hard. It is. So, 100%. You know, if if you don't have that support system there, even you know, if even that one person is there to cheer you on, it's definitely important to do that because you know, sometimes you just need that little push from someone because again, if you're by yourself, you don't necessarily have that same kind of motivation some days. And some days, you know, some days you're firing on 90%, some days you're a hundred percent, some days you're only 20%. So you need right. another person to kind of help, you know, bring along the rest of the percent just to kind of make up and make things even out. Mm -hmm. yeah i like collaboration is one of my favorite things to do absolutely. like i absolutely love it i mean and just you know and then it also just grows your network yeah and, and there's there's never anything wrong with that yeah definitely yeah. all right so you know with all this stuff coming out with all these big things that are happening where if people want to keep in touch and you know keep up to date on what's going on with you where can we find you yeah, so the, the best places to find us, we have a Substack. It is uh, tophatstudios.substack.com. And we also, I, I, I always want to say this, is following us on Kickstarter. Because I feel like, you know, we kind of always have stuff that's going on. You know, we're building the campaign right now for Grandma 3. Uh, we're hoping to have that up and ready by next month. That'd be great. Um, yeah, it's just, God, there's just so much going on. And then yeah. uh, always, always message Mike. And say, where's Alan? And we need to talk to him. And then he could get in <laughs> touch with me too. <laughs> That's actually how you and I got in touch because, you know, yeah. I, I was trying to find a ways to get in touch with you and you're not on social media that much, which bravo yeah. for you, by the way. That's Dude, it's, it's great. <laughs> yeah. So, I, you know, I asked Mike about it. Mike's like, oh, I'll get in touch with Alan. And then, yeah. hey, Alan, this is Chris. Chris is Alan. Okay, bye guys. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> it. That's Mike. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, for me, you know, if you want to find this interview and all sorts of other geeky news, stay up to date on all the stuff that's happening in the world of nerd. Check out our website, geek-network.com. You can check us out on social media at GeeksAZ on Twitter and Instagram and Geek Network on Facebook. I am CD is weird on Instagram. The music for the show is by my friend. Uh, his band is Polygon Horizon. They're a great band. Go check them out on Bandcamp. Um, like I mentioned before, the logos for the show are done by not only my friend Mike Belcher, but my friend Chris Chandler, both incredible comic book guys. So go check out their stuff. Um, 
And if you like the show, please leave a review and tell your friends that word of mouth is our friend. And, you know, or, you know, if you got the shameless plugs in between the show, that works too. Whatever helps get the word out. And remember, kids, to embrace the things that fuel your weird and always geek responsibly. Alan, thanks so much for coming today, man. I appreciate it. Thank you.